And hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. With me, I have independent director Jason Pitts with me again, and we're going to be re doing a spoiler review for Magnignant. This is actually James Wan's new horror movie. I did a non-spoiler review yesterday, but we wanted to go ahead and do a spoiler review today because we feel like that there's a lot that we could actually talk about with this movie. We were very interested in this movie. This movie also had a budget of $40 million dollars and budget so let's go ahead and get on with it so uh i'm gonna let you go ahead uh, and get your initial thoughts out there after that i'll go ahead and do mine okay and then sounds good um i actually hadn't heard of this film until i went to see Candyman, and i saw the trailer for it at the beginning of Candyman, and that got me really excited i'm a huge james i mean uh, i'm a huge james wan fan I love Saw. I love um, The Conjuring 1 and 2. I'm a big fan of Deep Silence. Um, so his previous work, uh, I'm a huge fan of. I, I had really high expectations going into this one. Um, really excited about him directing another film. And the trailer really did its job. I got hyped from the trailer. Uh, there's some great stuff in the trailer. Uh, so I was very disappointed with with how the film turned out um i really enjoyed the idea behind it i i i gotta give him props for trying to do something different um but it kind of suffers the same problems that the conjuring three suffers from and that's it doesn't the film doesn't know what it wants to be like it, it is it a supernatural thing is it a slasher film um and when you do like these hybrid type things like like this one and and malignant and uh the conjuring three it, you got to be really careful with it because it just doesn't work sometimes and it doesn't work in in this instance as well um but the, the the first half of the movie is is very like uh supernatural like a haunting type feel to it um a lot of supernatural things happening and then it, the movie just kind of uh, takes a left turn and becomes a slasher film. Um, after that, um, the the reveal is you see it coming a mile away, and it doesn't make sense with some of the stuff that they uh, set the film up with in the first in the first act. Um, so, my, I'm a big story guy. When the story doesn't make sense, we, we got problems. The film is amazingly shot. It has some really nice, uh, deep focus shots down some like long dark hallways especially in the first in mm -hmm. the first act again and uh so it's beautifully made um there's a sequence in a prison um that is absolutely amazing it, it has moments of brilliance in it uh but the film as a whole just doesn't just doesn't work no. and it leaves a lot of a lot of problems and questions so, so that's my take on it <laughs> right exactly and i touched on this yesterday but just to give a little bit more of a background and stuff like that, since this is a spoiler review and things like that. Now, the critics uh, and stuff like that were actually laughing at the screening at the screening premiere of it. Mm -hmm. And WB pretty much was trying to hide this film because of the fact that it had poor PR behind it. People were laughing at the private screenings. Not only were they laughing at the private screenings, but, you know, they didn't really do it didn't really do what it needed to do. And people were laughing and that's not a horror movie is actually making it laugh unless it's like a horror movie that's made to be funny. 
and certain aspects and stuff like that. But this is not one of those movies that is supposed to be funny. Definitely not. But it's also corny on some of the dialogue. The dialogue is really bad yeah. in this movie. Then it also cuts to the dramatic stuff, like I mentioned yesterday as well, where it's like I could be saying, John's going to go get milk. Dum, dum, dum. John's going to get milk. And then, and then it could also, then there's also another scene where somebody gets killed and it gives you that Stranger Things 80s kind of flavor kind of music theme. When somebody gets, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, you see someone yeah. die. I'm like, what the heck? I had a huge but, problem with the soundtrack with the score of this of this movie as well. Yeah. Um, it was very similar to Saw. Um, but when when this type of music was used in Saw, it, it really worked because it was like... Um, whenever it they described the character. Yeah, whenever they revealed the twist in Saw and you had the, that those montage of, of like flashback moments that were clues. Um, they did this throughout the entire soft franchise and just about every film where that you, you just have this, this upbeat kind of rock music almost um, right. during the sequences. And it really worked there, but in, they use the same type of music in like creepy, weird uh, instances. Like when um, you're supposed to be freaked out or like you're trying to build suspense and that, that music just did not work in, in this. No. Uh, Miss film and it was it worked in saw but it didn't work in this no definitely not another thing i want to mention is this i knew about this project way before any trailers were being done and everything because that's why james one wasn't attached to direct the third conjuring film because it was busy making this film and i'm like okay i'm okay with somebody else directing this while he's going off and doing his own thing and this was also made during the pandemic as well and keeping everything on on the down low as to what this film was about um, also, too, he also wanted to play homage to the Gilios genre, which is the Black Gloves, Black Mask kind of killers. Also, too, like I was telling Jason, this also is part of the Italian genre of slasher films. And and, I'm, I, and here's the thing. I'm in full agreement with you when it winds up becoming what we thought was supposed to be a supernatural type of film. And then all of a sudden it becomes like a supernatural slasher movie. Mm -hmm. And everything like a psychological slasher movie is what I called it yesterday. Yeah. But the the movie opens up, and I like how it actually opens up to where it doesn't reveal too much. Basically, you have these at uh, this insane asylum and everything, and then you see these doctors talking back and forth about how they're having this one person about uh, having a hard time with this one patient named Gabriel. And then you see them. It has this little '80s kind of flavor to it because they actually paint the scene with the red light to signify blood which is yeah. something that I've really appreciated with that. It actually signifies the blood. And then it cuts into where the doctors open up the room, but you don't see Gabriel. You just see limbs being broken from where he's actually breaking people's arms and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, okay, so is this telekinesis? Is this uh, something else on the supernatural end of the spectrum? And everything where basically it might be telekinesis. It could be some um, some monster that's actually stronger and trying to contain it what is this being that's in the dark? And you don't see that until the reveal. And then, you know, like you said before, there is, it's shot, there is a shot through like a, uh, like a, a sheet or a curtain or something where you kind of see them a little bit. Right. Uh, in that sequence. But at the same time, you don't really see much. Right. Because you don't see a lot. And at first I thought it was like this blob kind of monster kind of thing whenever you see it. Then also too, I, I love how, the opening credits are 
where basically you're seeing certain things that they're doing, but you don't know what direction that they're going in. Mm-hmm. Because you're seeing limbs being taken off from this gory monster kind of effect. You're seeing things being separated. Then you see other elements in the also suits too. You see documentation of what the doctors and them are actually doing in that insane asylum. And also to electroshock therapy. Then you see that's also another thing too that actually happens. Gabriel's talking through um, the radio that they have, the AMFM radio that they have in the basement of the asylum. So you see how that little bit of a horror flavor, which glues you into it because you're not sure what you're going to be getting. But then after that, it winds up being totally something different, you know? And then after that happens, it goes into being the 28 years later where a pregnant woman named Madison Lake is living in a Seattle in Seattle after ending two years of miscarriages, which has uh, strained her marriage to her husband, Derek Mitchell. During an argument, Derek smashes Madison's head against the wall, which she locks herself in, in the bedroom. And, you know, I really like how it sets up how the husband is actually the ball bag, the douchebag that is the abusive husband. She comes home early. He's watching uh, UFC. And then, you know, they get into this argument and everything because she turns off the TV. And then he's like, come on, Madison. How many times do we have to go through this again? We have to go through this whole entire thing with the miscarriage and things like that. So I'm like, okay, is there something going on with her where she's having miscarriages? How is this linked to Gabriel mm-hmm. and everything? That's what was going through my mind. And then also too, her head bleeding. And then when she's having these visions of Gabriel killing someone, I'm thinking, okay, is that her the whole entire deal where maybe she's Gabriel's actually feeding off of her? But is the vi- it has like this shocker kind of vibe from Wes Craven, where you basically yeah. have the killer given the vision to the other character and seeing that person kill. So I'm wondering maybe that was too much for a brain to take in. Maybe that's why she was bleeding from the back of her head. I was just going off of pure speculation at that time. But I like the fact that we are introduced to the husband. We know that he's a douchebag. He winds up punching her in the stomach, which I was really ticked off. And everything. like (laughs) Everyone's supposed to hate him. Right. And, you know, I was really pissed off with her husband. I'm like, okay, I hope that he gets what's coming to him mm-hmm. and everything because he does deserve it. But what did you think about the opening act as far as that goes? Um, uh, so I thought the opening act was, was, was pretty good. Uh, I, I think the, uh, this insane asylum sequence really felt like a throwback to like, you know, some old Frankenstein mad scientist type um uh, movie to me, it, it felt all like that quite a bit. Um, I, I didn't like uh, j- just because I know where the movie went to, um, but the sequences later on with with her husband, when um, like the TV's turning on and it feels like he's being haunted. There's something going on. Um, there's there's a shot. There's a scene where he. Um, the TV turns on and the lights are off and he sees uh, like a woman sitting on the couch and then he turns the light on and then that person disappeared. She's not there anymore. And then there's an indention on the couch and then she stands like 
and then it goes away like 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 there's a ghost sitting on the couch and it stands up um so where the movie ends up going that sequence completely does not make sense um because there's nothing supernatural about what is happening in this in this movie as it turns out um yeah gabriel supposedly has some kind of power over electronics which again doesn't make much sense uh, but as far as manifesting a, a a a ghost that can actually um impact the couch and leave this indention um like she there's no way that she could have disappeared off the couch that fast you know that 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 body because it's physical it's not it's not a right. it ended up not being anything supernatural at all um so no. that whole thing does not make sense at all in the entire scope of the movie so i i did not like that i also um i think that they should have explained the whole uh electromagnetic power that he has a little bit better uh, i i think they just briefly glossed over it um i i didn't I, I, that, that whole thing did not work for me. You see, I was wondering too, maybe with the um, electric shock therapy, maybe it did something to Gabriel to where it gave yeah. him that kind of power to where it did it. That's where my imagination was going with it. Because like I said, I was going off of pure speculation on that. But like you said too, it feels like a supernatural movie at first because of the fact that we have this ghost type of being that sits on the couch and then all of a sudden this person disappears. And that did creep me out. I'm not going to lie. That part, yeah. I'm like, okay, so we are going with a little bit of a conjuring vibe to it. But if you're going into it now, this is for the audience though. If you're thinking you're going into this movie as like a conjuring kind of vibe with that slow tension build up and that tension being released. No, this is this complete opposite of what the conjuring is, but there is that aspect of the conjuring in it, especially with those long hallway shots. And also too, this woman lives in this huge mansion as well. And I like how it, the camera pan angles to the top when she's by herself and it shows her going from room to room from room and everything and trying to run away from this being and everything because the door opens and everything else. But I really like that sequence of her going to different rooms and showing how big that layout is of her mansion yeah. and everything. I thought that was really good. The pan, There's also another pan angle where basically the camera takes an angle to the where the wall is and and it's going into the next room i like that james wand is good when it comes down to camera angles and things like that but as Absolutely. far as right it was shot amazingly well it looked amazing but like i said there's just some major right. problems and and just some logic problems like uh okay so spoiler um here we go uh there's nothing supernatural she was she had a Siamese twin that she was that, that she absorbed in the womb and and she basically had a growth on her back that was another human being and and these scientists and doctors did experiments on on her and and this other uh child which was named Gabriel um they ended up cutting him out out of her mostly um there was a part that they couldn't get to without killing her and so they just basically pushed it into her brain in the, into the back of her brain and uh when the husband throws her against the wall and she hits her head on the back of the wall that wakes gabriel up um and and he's able to take control of her body and contort it in weird ways um dislocate all of her joints and and she basically becomes like this crazy uh slasher and then from that point in the movie it, it's it's a slasher film um and some problem major major just logic problems with that 
the main one is she's she's had two miscarriage three miscarriages and um so she would have had all kinds of scars on her back um I, I, the character had no recollection of any of this no clue that the, that she had um a previous twin attached to her so she's been to the doctor a lot with these miscarriages and these pregnancies there would have been scars all over her back from the surgeries um she's she's got her the back of her head bleeding through the through the whole movie from this from when it hits she hits it on the wall and there's never any like medical like she never goes to the doctor talk about a concussion it's constantly bleeding through the whole movie right and, even like, her sister brings it up though too yeah. she goes you're bleeding in the back of your head what's going on and she just pretty much just ignores the fact that her head's the back of her head is bleeding it's completely yeah it's like and, why not doctor and get it checked out i mean exactly <laughs> it's like uh my head's bleeding it's perfectly normal but ridiculous. you know yeah it's totally ridiculous but you know then there's also another thing that i wanted to bring up too like you mentioned before with them pushing gabriel's uh, other half into her back into her and everything and stuff like that i mean that part was actually pretty cool to see but there was like uh, to me as great as a reveal that i wanted it to be because i was thinking okay is it something more is it something more with supernatural because even though it's a slasher film and everything maybe she's seeing visions for a reason maybe somehow or another these two killers or this person is linked up and i also like the visuals about how all of a sudden the room disappears around her it starts decaying and then it winds up in the other person's room i love that yeah, i love the visuals awesome. for that those were yeah. some vi awesome visuals but mm -hmm. the delivery of everything was really bad and also too there's a scene with the cop and everything in this movie where basically he winds up I forget, there's a scene in there where basically he says yeah i told you that um it was gabriel or something to that effect i'm like wait you never mentioned that at all to that character never even told you anything yet or anything like that and also too i was hoping for a little bit more of a supernatural thing inside the asylum whenever the sister goes in there uh -huh. um and finds the file on her sister yeah I'm i have like, a problem with that too right. like this this is huge old building that's been abandoned there's stuff everywhere boxes everywhere and she just happens to walk in and go straight to the right box with the right file in it it's just ridiculous <laughs> it really is because i was like okay good we're going to be exploring the old asylum is there going to be some ghost in there is there going to be something more super uh, and no there's nothing there she goes straight to the box like you said it's not that it's not shot that even that great either it goes into like a straightforward shot camera angle of her opening up the box and then she winds up finding the vhs tapes and then that's when she goes on ahead and goes back to her parents house and finds out that madison is actually adopted and everything and then also too she's wondering who gabriel is how is she talking to him and everything and thought it was just her imaginary friend all this time and everything that was implanted into her brain and it kind of has like that dark evil drop dead fred kind of feel to it whenever i saw that whole entire aspect where madison's talking to this being and i'm like okay so is this her or is this not her it's very confusing on mm -hmm. um, and conflicted with what they want to do it's not even cohesive on um, yeah. everything about this film is very uncohesive very yeah um, um yeah you're correct 
Why did she park on the edge of a cliff? <laughs> I don't know. Like another I think... inch and you're going to drive off the cliff. <laughs> Same reason how we didn't know about one of those aliens from A Quiet Place 2, why all of a sudden that one boat shows up to the lighthouse <laughs> and everything. It's one of those things that we're, this, I don't know. It's just weird on how they actually set that part off and how they executed that. I thought that the other characters in this film was like one, very, very one note. Mm-hmm. And everything, there was no layers to these characters, nothing at all. The other no, detective no. seemed like he was just wanting to flirt with the sister mm-hmm. and everything, too. And I'm like, and then there's actually supposed to be like a love interest with that, and then it's forced. Yeah. And you can um, definitely tell. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. The characters are definitely one dimensional. And honestly, I don't even think the acting was that great. No. Um, the only, the only, the only spectacular thing about this movie was the cinematography and that was pretty much it um and 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 maybe maybe a kernel of a interesting idea um that definitely needed to be more developed um but i will say that there's a lot of really cool uh throwbacks to to other movies like i think that gabriel's voice when it comes over either the phone or 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 the radio those moments were pretty effective and i think it it, it felt a lot like screen to me did, did it to you yeah like, to be honest yeah. with you it had that screen kind of flavor to it whenever it comes over the, over the radio and everything so yeah i definitely got a little bit of a screen vibe from it yeah. also too the I, I, the visuals for his makeup look really good i yeah, even said this basket case uh from the early 80s yeah so, it also reminds me of that but it also reminds me of ben affleck's the town with the mask on when they're robbing the bank and they have that uh, the black uh, the black mask and all, and the skull and stuff like that, it kind of reminds me of that mask mm-hmm. at the very beginning. And they just brought it into like a CGI kind of element, and I love that. I love the CGI when it was revolving around what the killer actually looks like. So I actually appreciated that. I also thought that the part where they actually use Seattle with this uh, where the new city is built on top of the old city showing some history of Seattle giving us a little homage to Seattle then you also have wondering why is this killer going after this one person who's a tour guide in in this uh, underground city that's giving tours Mm -hmm. and like how is this linked up because they don't even mention why that's even linked up to anything yeah. Until later in the movie. Right. After cuz he's she's the mom for that. Right. And I even got that confused. I'm like, did they did she get did they broke kidnap uh the daughter or what? Because they both look similar. They both they look very similar, yeah. And I, honestly, it could be bad casting because I I thought that the mom looked even younger than than the sister, honestly. <laughs> right. But she was supposedly only 15 when she had them. Um, so she was pretty young, but yeah, she definitely looked younger than the sister or than the main character than the daughter. <clears throat> so I don't know. And then there's also the other thing too, where the Gabriel's actually keeping the mother locked up upstairs. Mm-hmm. And then as the detectives are talking about what they found and found out and everything, and also too, with her being adopted that's when, of course, as they're getting ready to leave, the mother falls down from the ceiling. And then that's when we have that uh, silly music that plays that I mentioned. And then they wind up taking her into custody because they think that she was the one that, in fact, 
is the killer. Also, too, the way they um, the what they're using for a knife is basically a trophy that one of the other nurses from the asylum got and took takes that little nurse cross off of the uh, trophy, and they he sharpens it and turns it into a knife. So, what do you think about? But it's kind of dumb. But oh well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then you wind back to the. Uh, other scene though that I mentioned so now she's in the interrogation room and then you're seeing Gabriel call the uh, call the detective and everything on his phone and the only one that's not really believing anything is his partner he's like no this is our suspect this is the person that we have this is who we have and then all of a sudden the phone starts ringing and then of course he answers the phone and it's Gabriel and he goes well she didn't know that I was the one who had the woman tied up in the attic and everything and I have all my clothes up there. And then I'm like, okay, so that pretty much proves that she's not the one that did it. So why are you still having this woman in custody? If you don't have your actual suspect now that you have someone over the phone, why is she being held in prison? Yeah. That and scene, then that, yeah, that scene was really, really, really ridiculous. Um, how, how did that happen? Like, like, I know he's supposedly using uh, electromagnetic airwaves or whatever and projecting his voice through the phone, uh, but he's in the back of her skull. So I, I guess it's some form of telekinesis, right? Well, unless her brainwaves, too, brainwaves? brainwaves is giving off some type of electromagnetic energy to where okay. they're they're doing something like that because it is two different brain form formulations of the brain. That. I can almost buy that. Um, the problem that I have is later on when they do the reveal and they're like, okay, he is in her brain in, in the back of her mind and is able to take over her body. And when he does that, she goes into like a trance like state. Right. Right. So in that, in that scene, she is not in a trance like state. She has like this weird, creepy smile on her face, and she's all like, she seems like she's enjoying it, and she's all like, he wants to talk to you. Um, so she like she may not be conscious that he's in her head at that mm -hmm. moment, but she is not in a trance, like like the movie later on yeah. says that she becomes like whenever he takes her over. So like, I don't know. I just there's just so many things about this movie that just don't add up to me. Well, another thing, too, was I thought it was like a sp split personality type of thing that they were going for as well. Yeah. I'm like, does this woman now have a split personality yeah. and everything? And then does whenever she bangs her head up against the wall, does that signify that they're actually hurting that split personality? Ultimately, yes. It's a Dr. Hyde movie. Right. Uh, but so it's weird. Um, it but like you said... Weird. Yeah, <laughs> but not weird in a good way because if it was weird in a good way, we would actually talk positively about it, and the payoff yeah. would be great. But it, you know, it's I was weird. In a, it doesn't make sense. Way <laughs> no, it doesn't. And when she's in that trance inside the thing, it looks like she's break dancing rather than <laughs> yeah. doing something really creepy. Because the person, because I definitely like the scene. I thought that scene was pretty cool, but you can't help but laugh a little bit because of the fact that. The way that the uh, cinematography actually is, and when she's killing all these other people in the jail and everything, and she's doing like a John Wick kind of movement, but also too kind of like break dancing, and then she's also stabbing people mm -hmm. and things like you know, just using her 
you know, disobobulating um, uh, their heads, their limbs from their bodies, stuff like that, giving her different type of strength that we got from the very beginning of the film and things like that. I thought that was weird. I thought, I didn't really think that was a, it was a good scene. Don't get me wrong, but it could yeah. have actually enhanced better if it was a different way around of doing it. I think it was one of the best scenes in the movie. Right. Uh, I thought it was, it was pretty awesome. The, the, my biggest problem with it is she just rips through like 30 people in like two sec, like, I don't know, like five minutes. Right. Just right. clears up the cell, then goes out into into the um, police, police department. Just takes out like fifteen cops, and then and then has problems with our two cop heroes. And like, you know what I mean? Like, right. Like, and she lets. Why couldn't she get kill these two guys? These two people. <laughs> you see, I was thinking to myself whenever I saw like the two detectives. Maybe that's maybe she was getting way up Gabriel, like where. She, her psychosis was pretty much trying to spare them in a sense. I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, That's just me. Once again, yeah. just using my psychological brain, sci-fi kind of brain and everything. Yeah. But, you know, I was just trying to think of anything I could think of to where it can actually make sense, even though it doesn't. But I thought the police station scene was really good. It was. Stuff like that too. It yeah, it's ridiculous, but it's actually pretty cool to actually see. But she's very OP, very overpowered when it comes yeah. down to it. Yeah. Then once you get into the hospital scene and things like that, you realize that Gabriel now wants to go after her biological mother. And so basically now it's up to the sister to try and fight this being by herself without any cops or anything like that to stop Gabriel and everything. And also, too... And it's like that Nightmare on Elm Street 2 kind of vibe where she's trying to talk Gabriel yeah. down. Yeah. Just just like how uh, I forgot the characters' names from Nightmare on Elm Street 2, but I know Jesse was the main character in yeah. that movie. But just like how that character was trying to talk Jesse down and trying to say, hey, look, I know there's something good inside of you, Jesse. Stop. This. You You're stronger it. than he is. Right. Right. Pretty off, yeah. Very right. Similar. And, and then. Uh, right. Her, her adopted sister did the same thing, um, and it re was really the realization that Gabriel basically killed her unborn children by siphoning their life force or energy or whatever, feeding off of them. That gave her, uh, you know, the motivation to fight him. Right, because those were her kids that, which made sense, though. That part made yeah. sense because... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, because it gives her the because there's no woman that's uh, that's you know if anything happens to her kids she goes ape shit on them so that's yeah. pretty much what I got out of that it's like okay so she had those miscarriages because of Gabriel Gabriel was getting stronger because of the fact that he was feeding off those fetuses and everything able to get stronger and if it wasn't for him she would actually had she would actually had kids or maybe her husband might not well he still is a douchebag no matter what yeah. but you know maybe her husband husband might still be alive but everything was because of gabriel and then so she winds up getting stronger she fights off gabriel to the point where she gives gabriel that illusion that he kills those uh kills the mother and then kills the sister by throwing this ho giant hospital bed and everything uh on on top of her sister and then blows out her sister's brains and then all of a sudden she goes, well, now I have the power. Now I can do what you did to me. 
-hmm. and I don't need you anymore. And, you know, what did you think about that? I thought it was really cool, like, just turning the tables, uh, using the same power against him. Like, everything that he thought that he did didn't really happen, and she actually had him captured in his own – in their own mind. Um, so, yeah, that, I, I thought that was cool. I, I liked it. My my question is, and they don't touch on it at all, is what happens now? Like, like how, how do you – like there, we have a a trail of bodies, fifty people deep, right? Like, how do right. you, where do you go from here? Like, who, who do they arrest? Like, somebody's got to be held accountable for that. Like, the 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 science and 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 the uh, the you know all all the evidence points to her. You got a couple of right. people that can testify that it wasn't really her; that it was some weird deformed baby taking her over. Like, I just. I, I'm trying to understand, like, I'm trying to think of, like, where, what happens afterwards. Does she go to jail? Right. That's what I was thinking, too. Like, where does, does she go to another insane asylum? Does she go, where does she, with this character, go from here? Also, too, she locks, right. Also, too, Gabriel winds up getting locked up in the mind center of her head Mm -hmm. and goes, I will get out. Because, yeah, but until then, you're locked up. I'll be ready. I'll be ready. Yeah, I'm like, so now she has to battle him in her head rather than um, him being woken up again Uh and everything. But, you know, I really wish that this film, like I was trying to find some type of meat, some type of thing that I could actually give a positive review to yesterday. The only things I could give a positive review for, the only positives, the camera angles, that prison scene, and the acting of the act, the main actress. And I really like one other thing that I really like that I haven't heard anybody talk about in any review or individuals. I love the title. Um, the title uh, is great. Malignant. When you're talking about a malignant cancer that needs to be cut out. I mean, it is, the title was brilliant uh, with, as far as what the idea is. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed the title. Um, I, I thought that was a really, really good thing. Right, because oh. even in the very beginning, the nurse winds up saying, we need to cut the cancer out. Mm-hmm. One then, other that I want to mention is th- the movie does have um, some slight uh, social commentary in it with uh, with domestic abuse um, with her husband. And, and also, I even think that there, that there was some intended um, social commentary on abortion in this film. Um, like my body, my choice type of thing. Um, you know, like women fighting for their, the rights to control their own bodies. Um, she literally does that in this film. Like she's fighting to control her own body from, from, uh, um, from Gabriel. So, and, and just the fact that there was miscarriages and, and, and pregnancies and stuff like that. I don't think that any of that was coincidental. I think it was all, all part of, uh, some, social commentary undertones in it that I want to give them props for. So that was cool. Right. I, th- I felt that way too. It was ha- like that me too kind of feel to it, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, where my body, my choice, stuff like that, consequences behind mis- uh, doing abortions and stuff like that. And, and I, I really did. I did feel like it might've been something to do with that and everything, to be honest with you. Yeah. 
but you know that's just the, going through the deeper ends of the spectrum of what we think and everything but you know james wan is a great director but when it comes down to this particular film and this style that he was trying to do it it works on paper but from paper to screen it just doesn't work it just falls flat it just feels like it's all over the place it just doesn't have that cohesiveness as a conjuring franchise or yeah. it doesn't also have the same thing with the saw franchise and also too i appreciated what he did with the furious seven movie coming off of that movie and everything and then also going back into this horror genre that we that he all knows that we all know him for but with this one it, eh, it's not that it's not as great as i wanted it to be as far as passion project goes and things like that but still uh would i go and see a magnet too no probably not unless they actually explain something or reiterate some things that happened in this film and try to explain it a lot better then yeah i'll be i'll be okay with it yeah it definitely needed some more work in the screen screenwriting um development phase there, there was a lot of stuff to work out before they started shooting definitely yeah so any other final thoughts as far as this film goes or anything like that just a disappointment uh yep. really cool idea that should have been developed more great cinematography bad acting bad store like i don't know it's just yeah a little bit below mediocre for me i, I think i would have given it like maybe a four out of 10. i would Wow. Okay. For, uh, what about out of five? What would you do out of five? Probably a uh, two. Yeah. Two That's what I'm giving it. Matter of fact, it's like a two out of five for me. Yeah. But I know everybody, I know that the, this film might be very diverse as far as. There's a lot uh, of people. Love it. Right. I can see this being a cult classic coming up later on in the future yeah. and everything. I could see that. But for right now, it's very. Um, Listening divided as far as the horror fan community goes. Either you love it or you don't love it. I can actually understand why you love it. I can un understand why people, some people don't like it. But still, all movies are subjective. And if you like this movie, tell us in the comments below what you liked and what you didn't like. Tell us in the comments below because we're curious as to what you guys think too. Um, so my question is this. Where can everybody follow you at? Uh, I'm on Facebook. Just search me up, Jason Pitts. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram, just you, just you can just search for me. I don't, I don't know my handle names off the top of my head. <laughs> okay. Well, with that being said, guys, that's going to be it for our, our magnet uh, spoiler review. If you guys want to donate to the page, all you have to do is go to www.gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast. Of course, guys, we are actually doing a charity event for the people that lost their homes in Louisiana and stuff like that through the Red Cross. You can also, that's how you, how you do that. You're just going ahead and purchase a Cincy from, from Two Blur Girls podcast, Tamra, and basically you buy a Cincy. All proceeds go over to the Red uh, Red Cross. And then, of course, guys, you can go on ahead and follow me on Movie Lovers, TV Lovers Unite on Facebook, Instagram, and Instagram underneath the same brand name. And then, of course, on Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter. If you're a sponsor would like to get on, uh, would like to sponsor us, or if you would like to be a guest on my show, just go ahead and email me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And then, of course, to, uh, Tuesday night, I actually have actress Rivka Reyes from... School of Rock. She's coming on for a very special one-on-one -on -one interview. We'll be taking uh, questions, Q&As towards the end of the show. So go on ahead, check us out there. Then, you know, you guys can always go on ahead and follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter. So that's everywhere that you can reach me at. It's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. Thank you, Jason, for doing this review. Thanks for having and me. Anytime. 
All right. And always until next time. Bye-bye.